This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Romeo was restless, he was ready to kill. He jumped out the window because he couldn't see it still. Juliet was waiting with a safety net. said, don't bury me because I'm not dead yet. Why don't you tell them about the Sports Radio 92.9 Game 92. That's the game.com. It's Sam and Greg. This Craig Shaw is out today. Eric Slaughter has been filling in. That is a little special one for you folks out there, Elvis Costello fans. My name is true. That's, that's a song you never thought you'd hear when you woke up this morning. Um, we are working on getting Mr. Belize in here. He's ready. Ah. Uh, Sean, I can't thank you enough. Sean Belizean from WJR up in... Um, up in Detroit, part of the Paul W. Smith show, which you can hear six to nine weekdays up there in, uh, like I said, w, WJR. Two days in a row. We can't thank you enough. And listen, I don't know when we're going to have a chance to talk to you again because next week when we get back here, season will be over with. I mean, where, where, where do you yeah, focus? What's it like for you? Well, you know, I mean, for me, then it, you start to really go deep into uh, college football. Um, you know, that, that's something that, you know, I'm still involved in and, you know, call games and I'm lucky enough to be a Heisman Trophy voter and everything. So, you know, you, you start getting knee deep into that because that's just around the corner. But, you know, a lot of, to do before then, you know, I mean, we could have two possible games. There's a really big, you know, 30 for 30 on ESPN today called Unrivaled. And it, you know, kind of focuses on the, the Red Wings and the Avalanche and, and the big brawl going back to 1997 and that, you know, incredible five-year span where it seemed like every time those two teams played, you know, something happened. It was such an intense rivalry. So, yeah, yeah there's a lot to do yet in the hockey season for sure. Well, I got two. Well, one of the things that we've been doing throughout the show, Sean, is giving these little insignificant hockey tidbits. Because again, we're going to be done with this soon, and we, we you know, be sitting here like a pile. So we might as well use them before we go. So I got two for you. See how you do on them, and then we're going to get to uh, Game Six tonight. Are you ready? You got it. Who was the first uh, millionaire hockey player? Who was whose contract took him took them? Bobby Hull. Wow. Not according to this. You were close. You were half right. 
Derek Sanderson. No, no, Bobby Orr, they said. Oh, Bobby Orr, okay. All right. I think Bobby Hull got a million when he went to play in WHA. So well, maybe that's it. Yeah, they got they, they written down here is they got um they got uh, Bobby Orr, which I by the way, I could I could understand. That was in 71. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. And then the first uh, or the, the the first goalie to score shooting the puck in the other team's net. And the first person to actually to actually, to actually physically score or to, to get credit for it? To get Well, it says here, the first goaltender to score a goal by shooting the puck into the other team's net. And this is a famous guy. I know this guy. Ron Hextall. Golly, man. You keep the control of the board stays with Sean. Okay. Very good. <laughs> for, very, very impressive. Former Flyer goalie Ron Hextall did it. All right, well, Sean, yeah. getting, getting back to the finals on the ice. So, if for a fan who hasn't had a chance to really get into it, you've had two games that were complete blowouts, and you've had three games that were one-goal games. What's the, been the major difference between these one-goal games and these games that have been very lopsided? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, we kind of touched on this yesterday. It's a great question. I mean, this has been a very unpredictable series. When you thought it was going to go in one way, it ends up going in, in, the, in the direct opposite way. You know, it's it's the old adage when things start to run downhill, they run downhill quickly. I mean, that's what happened last Saturday, the, the, the big blowout game. It was just anything that could go wrong for Tampa, it did. And the team starts to feel it. And, you know, it, it's the blood in the water type of thing. Um, right now, especially with the stakes being so high. Now, as soon as I say this, this means it can, it's going to happen. But with the stakes being so high, I'd be shocked if this wasn't another tight game. I mean, that's just the way that it is. Everything tightens up. You know, uh, the area on the ice, it, there's a battle for every area on the ice. So uh, that's usually what happens. It's called tightening up. And, and I, I expect that for tonight. And, uh, you know, if there is a game seven, that to be the case as well. But you know, it starts to run downhill once you get a couple of goals or you get a bad bounce, it starts to run downhill. And I, I think you saw that earlier in the series. And now these two teams are, are going to settle down tonight. I'd be drop-dead shocked if this wasn't another tight game. And, and they're going to make it tough for every inch of real estate on that ice. He's from WJR. This is Sean Belegian joining Sam and Greg here at Sports Radio, 929thegame.com, the, the Paul W. Smith Show up there in Detroit. Is this is where the um, is this where the experience of being there the last couple years and having getting the victory the way they did on the road because now we finally got both of these teams having a road victory is this where general consensus is Tampa Bay actually comes back and makes this a seven they're going to take it to seven games you know Avalanche had their chance at three one but you know you can say what you will about the cup being in the house this experienced Tampa Bay team got the win, brought it back, and believing that they can get the win tonight, take it to three apiece, and then have a game seven. Um, do well, you subscribe yeah, to that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, and, you know, there's the added bonus of, you know, if you're Tampa, the last thing you want to do, especially after winning back-to-back cups, is watch somebody celebrate and, and hold that 35-pound trophy over their head skating in your barn. I mean, that's the last thing that, that you want to do. So, you know, there's the added impetus of that, too. Nobody wants to watch somebody celebrate, you know, in their own barn. So uh, this is a team with a lot of pride. You know, you've got to remember they've played a lot of hockey, and you have to wonder 
then, you know, it, the, the energy starts to run out. And a lot of people thought during the series, okay, well, you know, they played well into September in the COVID year when they won the Stanley Cup last, uh, you know, in, in 2020. They played into July last year when they beat the Habs in the finals. You know, those are long seasons. So people have kind of been predicting, all right, well, this team's going to run out of gas. Well, they haven't run out of gas. So they understand that the impetus is now on Colorado because of those reasons that you gave that, you know, okay, you had your shot at home. Now you're coming into the barn of the champions and they don't want to lose, you know, their ownership, if you will, of the Stanley cup in their own barn. So that's going to be a huge factor tonight. So yes, no doubt about it. Every Everything points to the pressure being on Colorado here tonight in Tampa. You know, you just said something also that I didn't know. So you gave your own little fact. I didn't know that that trophy weighed 35 pounds. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Did you, yeah. Well, since we're doing this, did you know the original Stanley Cup was only seven inches high? Yeah. Lord, Lord Stanley of Preston, they donated it back in uh, 1893. Wow. He's dead on, too. That was right, Sean. I got the stuff in front of me here. <laughs> that, was, that was the actual date. Um, I, you know, I've always wondered this and, and, and wanted to get your perspective on it. We, we, we see it in baseball. We see it in the other professional sports. But I don't know how this plays out in hockey. Maybe pulling a goalie too quickly. But can a coach win a game or are they more apt to lose a game when it comes to hockey, especially in the, in the um, playoffs? Oh, I both. I mean, no, no doubt about it. You know, it's interesting. Patrick Waugh was the guy that kind of revolutionized when and where you pull your goaltender. You know, forever in a day, the conventional wisdom was if you're down by a goal and there's, you know, in the area of a, a buck 45 to a buck and a half to go, that's when you pull your goaltender. And, and Patrick Waugh, when he was coaching the Avalanche a few years back, you know, it pulled his goalie with three minutes left, pulled his goalie with, you know, three and a half minutes left. So you've seen a little bit more of that. And obviously if you're down by a couple goals, you'll see a goalie pulled uh, earlier than that. But the conventional wisdom always was about a buck 45 to go, uh, one and a half to go. You know, you, you have possession of the puck going into the attacking zone or the puck is already in the attacking zone. So that's when, you know, the, the goalie has traditionally been pulled, but certainly that has changed. A lot of it has to do, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but, you know, matching up lines. You know, some lines really match up against other lines. Like we want to get our Kucherov line out there against the McKinnon line, et cetera, et cetera. And, and some lines, well, they don't match up so well. So if, if you can match those lines up and you can get that mismatch, out on the ice, that can be a huge factor. No doubt about it. <laughs> the first hockey puck was used during an outdoor pickup game in the 1800s, which was reportedly made of frozen cow dung. <laughs> there you go. As we're giving these, these little nuggets Whoa. of information, frozen. <laughs> there there you go. Yeah, it was up there in Canada. NHL record for the most goals in a game owned by Joe Malone who scored seven times for the Quebec Bulldogs against the Toronto St. Pats. Uh, the Phantom, Joe Malone. You know who I'm talking about? The Phantom. Take a look at those dark circles I, under his eye. That man I didn't sleep. Never knew. I oh, just man. read this fact here. Hey, listen, who are you picking tonight and why? Game six. You know what? I'm taking Tampa. I, I think this is going seven. I, I, I really do. Uh, Tampa's got, as we talked about, the uh, – 
the momentum right now, uh, the huge factor of, of a team with that much pride and back-to-back cups not wanting to lose uh, down in Tampa, I think Tampa's going to win. So for all you betters out there, run out there as fast as you can and uh, put some money on the avalanche because I just gave him the kiss of death. But, uh, no, all jokes aside, I think this one's going seven, guys. Yeah, but you didn't say that they're going to get the three-peat. No, you know what? I, I think Colorado's going to win this. I really do. I, I do. I, I At the start of the series, I thought that Tampa was going to win. I, I think Colorado's going to win. I, I, I really do. There's it's, it's, it's been a weird series, but I, I think for the most part, Colorado's been the better team. And, uh, you know, over the course of the series, my, my opinion has changed. So we'll, we'll wait and see how it plays out. I think any fan in the world wants it to go seven, unless you're a fan of of the team that's playing in Game 7, then it's just a miserable day for you. But everybody else loves it. Listen, we want to thank your buddy, David Ashburn, first and foremost, who uh, runs things here as far as sales, for turning us on to you, man. You guys are buddies from back when, and and uh, we didn't have a hockey voice. We got one now, man. And, Sean, I can't thank you enough for your uh, contributions to our show during this uh, this short little window, which we got you just before the final started. But Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your finals. And one last question before I leave. And this is actually asking for my wife and other folks. Is it now a little easier yeah. to get into Canada from up there in Michigan? Because it was I had yeah. automatic weapons pointed at me because I didn't have all my stuff. They made me pull into that one part underneath the, um, you know, as you as you go underneath the river. And then they said, pull over to the side there. And one person came out and was talking to me. It was very nice. But then, like a clown car from some other door, there were like four people with automatic weapons that came out and were searching my looking around my car. They were yeah, playing they were not easier. playing. You yeah, look suspicious, you know, Greg. There was there was a, almost uh I don't want to say almost two years. This is about a year and a half where some of my family over there we didn't get to see each other but from, you know, uh looking online and all that stuff and, and FaceTiming each other. So yeah. You know, it, it was nice to go see some family over there and have some family come back over here, so it's eased a little bit, no doubt. Okay, good. That's what I wanted, wanted to know. That. I, what you mean, I look like something? You, you look uh, – No, uh, man. Sean, you don't see what I see. He looks real oh, suspicious. Pretty as can be. What you talking about? <laughs> hey, Sean, enjoy the rest of your weekend in the games, man, and, and thanks again for everything. And anytime, guys, and I'll be ready for the NHL draft talk in a few weeks. There right? you go. Hey, and by the way, tell Paul we said hello. I definitely will. Yeah, I definitely tell, will. That's all right. That's uh, Sean Belegian from the Paul W. Smith Show up in Detroit. WJR on from 6 until 9. He has been a uh, a great NHL contributor during these uh, finals. We can't thank him enough. Going to switch gears and talk baseball next with a guy you all know, Corey McCartney. He is going to join us from From the Diamond. Up next, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. It's Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg. Mr. Crenshaw is out today. He's on assignment, been on all weekend long. Eric Slaughter has been filling in admirably and done a great job with me. And I'm enjoying uh, doing this with you, man. When you when you jumped on board with us as our full-time producer, we knew that we were going to have days like this where one of us were going to be gone. And Mama you... said it'd be days like yeah, this. That's right. And And... But this has been fun. Yeah, man. You know? no, no, We've done these before, you know, by ourselves. And 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 you and Sam did it last week. And yep. so I just want to thank you again, man. Appreciate and it. I, man. And a little note before we get to our next guest. Uh, 
Sean hit us back here, and there was a conversation about the first millionaire hockey player, and he had said Bobby Hall, and he says uh, there was a league called the WHA, by the way, that gave Hall the first million. So they were the USFL of the hockey. I, I, there was all kinds of little hockey leagues. All he was, you know, he called it the OHL, which is the Ontario. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about leagues between America and Canada, there could right. be a, a ton of them. I anyway, Bobby Orr was the first NHL. Hall moved to the uh, WHA, WHA from the NHL. World Hockey Association? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. But anyway, he wanted to get that back. I mean, I love talking to that dude. He comes on immediately with energy. Immediately. And so, so does our next guest. Yes, he does. And, and, and if you hear him with us or you hear him later on with Grant McCauley, that's Corey McCartney from the Diamond. You anything having to do with baseball? This is the guy. Good morning, partner. Hey guys, how you doing? Are you are you any kind of a hockey fan? Um, so I grew up in uh, in Ohio, so we would ride up to Detroit, just to the Red Wings and all that. I was there one of the years when they won the Stanley Cup. So I'm not a huge hockey fan, but I get the whole vibe. And man, the the fan bases are just insane. I did get to. Uh, I was on the ice during a, a Red Wings game. I had a buddy that was uh, doing PR for him, and Michigan and uh, Michigan State were were going to play against each other. So I had to put on a cap and gown, um, and we had put like the Mich- I had to put a Michigan State jersey on, which I'm from Ohio, which is like sacrilege. I was just going to uh, say on the Michigan one, and we had to like go against each other, like we were trying to fight, and he was breaking us up. So at least I was on the ice during. So so he put you to work. It sounds like that's <laughs> he did. Yeah, he said if you guys are going to get free tickets. I'm going to put you to work. <laughs> Not only that, he's burying the lead here, Eric. Because you don't – hey, the dude admitted he's from Ohio. Mm-hmm. And he's going up to hang on and watch events in Michigan. That doesn't happen. <laughs> and it doesn't happen the other way around either, right? You guys don't even – you don't even – I'm surprised you even said the word Michigan. Because normally it's like, we went to that state up north. Man, I tell you. Am I right? Well, my, my well, I will couch that by saying my grandpa was a gigantic Detroit Tigers fan. So uh, that was always okay. kind of the one little. That was the one little avenue that he would take us where we had, you know, that that was the path to, to something different. <laughs> hey, uh, Corey McCartney again, joining Sam Gray here, Sports Radio ninety two nine The Game ninety two nine The Game dot com. Got his show from the Diamond. You can hear uh, weeknights here on on our radio station. Of course, this weekend with the events going on with the Dodgers and and Freddie's return, this is you guys are going to have a great show. Let me talk to you first as a sports fan. Forget about what your job is. But from a fan, what was it like to watch that Freddie return on Friday? I mean, it was it was tough. I mean, you know, I think because everyone went through these emotions, right? Like when, when the Matt Olson deal happened and you realized, okay, he's not going to be here anymore. And then, you know, I have two boys and obviously, you know, the Freeman jerseys run, you know, running around on all these kids. And then you wonder, man, what, you know, what is the, what's it going to be like when he comes back? And, the, you know, the fact that he went, he wanted to wait until he got the, the ring until they were back here in Atlanta. I mean, he's always, you know, he just wears his emotions on his sleeves. You know, I haven't talked to him so many times um, over the years. And, you know, I, I expected it was going to impact him, but I didn't expect it was going to impact him the way that it did. I thought, you know, he would have had time to kind of, figure out how he was going to deal with this in the moment. And it just overwhelmed him. And I, it's so rare to see any athlete like that in any sport. And, you know, I, whether or not you want to read into it and say, man, this guy did not want to leave. Um, the fact that he was just so you know, gracious and, you know, and just, just put it all out there. I mean, I thought it was just, it was incredible. So Corey, let's go to last night's game on the field, Dansby Swanson. He is on a terror of the last couple days. Can he keep this up, or do you think that he will come back to the earth? And I mean, just talk about what he's doing and the magic he's doing for the Braves right now. 
Yeah, I mean, he's been unbelievable, right? I mean, we've always had these periods when you look at the Andy Swanson, if you dive into his splits and stuff, you see like how he'll have, you know, a month or two where he's just red hot and then he kind of just goes through these lulls. But a couple things that I think are really different with him right now is his hard hit rates up. It's it's the highest it's ever been in his career. The other thing that he's doing so well right now is he's hitting the ball to opposite field. Um, He's doing that at the highest rate he's ever done it before. Right now you're talking about a guy who is seventh in the league in war right now. He's third in the NL behind Manny Machado, Paul Goldschmidt. In the month of June, he has been the most valuable player in baseball. Um, seven homers in that in the month. He's second only to Mike Trout. Leads the league in average at almost 400 since May 23rd. Has a, a MLB best 51 hits. Um, it, it, he is just absolutely putting it all together. And the fact that he's doing it in a contract year, you know, I had people on Twitter hitting me up last night going, is this going to be Freddie Freeman 2.0 here? We're, you know, watching another guy have a, a, you know, a great season and end up going somewhere else. I don't really answer to that. You know, I would be really surprised if, you know, they do decide to move on from Danzy Swanson because I think he's part of the fabric, the fabric of things of being a local kid, all those little variables. But um, he has just been fantastic and just everything has just been clicking for him, uh, you know, basically since uh, the, uh, the last month and a half. That is Corey McCartney from from the Diamond. And uh, what else are your publications? He's, I mean, he's all over the place, but we, we want you to focus on him here from the Diamond Sunday nights here. Right, it's five o'clock. You guys get started. Yeah, yeah, we'll be on five tonight. Five o'clock tonight. All right, him and uh, and Grant McCauley. Um, I'm thinking about this right now, and I want to get your thoughts on it. I wonder if a lot of players aren't taking advantage of what is going on with the shift and not working on driving the ball the other way. I realize, you know, most of these guys want to knock it out of the park, but with the shift that has been in place for the last couple of years. Learning to take it the other way is going to be an advantage moving forward, especially starting next year when the shift goes away. So the more that you can kind of perfect knocking the ball, I mean, uh, spraying the ball around the field is to your advantage. There's, I mean, that takes away whatever book is on you as far as how you hit. And I just think this was an opportunity that these guys, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them, uh, let slide by the wayside. I'd agree with that. And I mean, it's funny if you look at, you know, the guy right now in the league who has this, is the second highest productive player against the shift is Michael Harris. The second he's hitting 91% above league average against shift. Uh, JD Martinez leads the league right now, but um, I think it's incredible that we're seeing a guy that's so young that's coming up and, you know, really getting his first look at a lot of these pitchers and the way defenses are, are dealing with them is that high up there. But um, I mean, when you run through those guys who are those league leaders in that department, it's a lot of the guys that you would anticipate are going to be, you know, among those, those top, uh, those top hitters. And obviously, you know, uh, Braves fans watched it for a long time. Uh, teams decided to continue to shift against Freddie Freeman, despite the fact that he could go uh, opposite field with ease. So I think it is going to be really interesting, uh, you know, as we get away from that to see if this kind of changes, you know, the way that these guys uh, approach their ABs when, you know, they can't shift anymore. Are we going to see, you know, a lot of people talk about the pull happiness of, of guys and launch and everyone trying to get into that launch angle. Um, how is that going to change? Are we going to see averages rise as guys try to try to, to pull, to, to you know, get away from that and, and attack things a different way uh, with no shifts? But uh, man, I, I think it's incredible that we're talking about Michael Harris the second year right in there in that class. Well, that's that's what I was going to ask you as far as how you feel about what you've seen so far. The guy has come with, I mean, the best way to put it is just energy. He's just come with energy in a way that you don't see in Major League Baseball. You see it in some other sports; a little easier to see. But this guy has landed with 
you know, we're talking about stolen bases now. We're talking about, uh, you know, taking that extra base by not just him, but other players are feeding off that. Your thoughts on his game and what you've seen so far now that he's made it to the majors? I will tell you, it's funny. When in his first few days, you know, during the, his this homestand, I asked him, you know, is it still feeling any different every time you put that jersey on? You know, I mean, obviously meaning because of the fact that he's, you know, a local kid and you put that brace jersey on. He goes, yeah, and he also the fabric's a lot nicer than what we used to have back in time. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I think, you know, just the, the – we you know, think about a year ago, you know, when they brought in Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, um, what, you know, they were able to do in remaking that outfield and it brought in energy to that club. You're not getting that this time around. I think the only way you were going to get an, in, an addition that was going to truly impact this club was to do it internally. And there was nobody else, you know, no offense to Drew Waters, who I think is a, a, a you know, fantastic prospect, but uh, I don't think there was anybody else that you could have brought in that was going to have internally that same reaction that they've gotten from Michael Harris II, who just has such a swagger to his game. Um, you know, obviously that what he brings defensively, being able to shore up center field and then allowing, you know, Adam Duvall to go to a more natural position for him, keeping any thoughts of Ronald Cunha Jr. playing in center field. And, and certainly what he can do is just a, an impactful guy that lengthens that lineup because that's something Brian Snicker always talks about, you know, and, and we talked to Travis Darn- uh, Darno a couple of days about just being continually hard outs one through nine. Um, a guy like that uh, bringing things up at the bottom has absolutely added that. So, Corey, I want to ask you a question about Ronald Cunha Jr. You know, uh, the you know the whole thing about him and Freddie, how Freddie would get so frustrated when he would make those small mistakes. And, you know, the sub-story, you know, when he got to first base on Friday night, the little brotherly hug they gave to each other, that was kind of funny on my when I looked at it. But past two nights, Acuna has made base running mistakes each time. Now, on Friday night, he got – Thrown out, stealing second because he came off the bag. That one I'll give him a pass on. But when he got picked off last night, oh, those things just uh, – they could kill the team's momentum. Or that's just him being too arrogant on the base pass or there's just something that he's not recognizing. I think it's – I almost want to think it's just allowing emotions to kind of take over his game. And sometimes, you know, I, I think we forget how young, you know, he still is, just 24 years old. I mean, there was there would have been an era where, you know, a guy like that wouldn't have even – just just been getting to the majors, let alone already have having the effect and the the impact that he's had on the game in his fifth season. Um, I, you know, I, I hate to like correlate him to a guy that ended up kind of being problematic in his career, but Manny Ramirez was an incredible talent who would at times make plays that had Indians fans scratching their head wondering what he was doing. You know, sometimes you get that with Ronald Cunha Jr. And I, and I don't mean that to be a detriment at all, because I think when you play with emotions and you allow athleticism to take over so much. You know, I think sometimes, you know, things just, they, it might bite you sometimes. You know, I, I think that's just what you get with him. He said it before. I mean, when we talked, asked about would he tone down his game, you know, as he kind of comes back from injury, and he said, I can't do anything but go 100%. And I think that's just kind of the part of the course with him. Sometimes you're going to get, you know, you're, absolutely unbelievable athletic plays, and every once in a while something's going to creep in where you're wondering what's happening. So as we sit here on the 26th day of June and you look at this team, despite the fact they're still looking up at the Mets and we can feel how we do about that Mets team or what's going on with the Phillies. By the way, the Phillies are going to go backwards for a while. They just got Bryce Harper just got his hand busted. Yeah. So that's, that's going down for a bit. But how do, you, how do you feel about where they sit, what we see as far as the product on the field and the consideration of conversation about the playoffs moving forward in the second half of the season, hopefully that everybody stays healthy? 
I mean, there's not obviously, obviously you don't have Ozzy Albies right now, and you may not have him until you know very late in the season. But you know, still, it's kind of Fangraphs has him as a ninety percent chance of making the playoffs right now. I know, you know, catching the Mets is its own thing. I would say that's it's going to be very, very difficult considering the fact that they just keep holding on. You know, the, since they lost Scherzer, they have an ERA of over five, and they just keep winning games because they're being trumped up by that. Uh, offense. Pialazzo hit two more home runs yesterday, leads the NL and homers and RBIs. Um, they're only going to get better, right? I mean, you think about, you know, when DeGrom, if DeGrom comes back, Scherzer uh, making his way back, I think they're going to be an active team on the trade market. I wouldn't be surprised if Frank, uh, Frankie Montas from the A's winds up wearing a Mets uniform. That being said, I don't know what all the Braves can really do to try to change the makeup of their team because I don't think there's a lot of holes. I mean, maybe you go out and add another bullpen piece. I think, you know, Alex Anthopoulos would probably say that's one area you can always make some improvement. But if Eddie Rosario's on his way back, if Mike Soroka comes back, uh, I just don't know. And, and certainly Ozzy Albies is something that's sitting out there. Uh, I just don't know what else you can really do to this team. So, I, you know, I, I like the way that they're trending right now. And certainly if Anthony Swanson is going to keep playing like an MVP, things are going to uh, end up very well for him. But I just don't see a lot of holes in this club right now. Corey, as always, man, we can't thank you enough. Remember, it is uh, from the Diamond, 5 p.m. tonight. My man here, Corey McCartney and Grant McCauley, they will bring you up on not just this weekend's matchup with the Dodgers, but just everything you need to know as far as baseball, right? You guys got to come. That's right, and, and we're going to talk a lot about Phillies, talk a lot about Harper tonight, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Are you, are you guys talking about what's going on up there in New York? Not just that they got the most wins, 52, in the league, but what they're going to do with Aaron Judge. Yeah, and man, these guys no hit yesterday, right? The season yep. hit twice since 1958, both times by the Astros. By the Astros, right. But does this guy get his money? He's waiting for Mike Trout kind of money. The season he's putting up so far, he might get. Listen, Mike Trout or, 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 or Bryce Harper, either one, I'll, t- I'll take you know those contracts, but I think that's what he's shooting for. My question is, the team with the most money, they don't normally put out that kind of cash. So does he end up in a Yankees uniform next year, do you think? Without question, uh, they they cannot afford to lose him. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna work this thing out. I think you're gonna be talking about potentially the biggest contract in, in Major League Baseball history. I think they're from a year to year an annual value standpoint. I think that there's no other place that can afford him. Uh, that's going and it just would be a detriment to them. I, I think to let him walk. So I think Aaron Judge will be back in the Yankees uniform without question. All right, Corey. Uh, and Grant be talking about this again from the Diamond, 5 p.m. tonight, right here on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Enjoy the rest of your day, buddy. And as always, thank you for getting up and being a part of our show. All right, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Eric and I are going to wrap things up, talk about today's matchups. Up next on this Sam and Greg show, where you're doing a wonderful job filling in for Mr. Crenshaw, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. And yep, you can take us with you on the Odyssey app. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Touch this. Can't touch this. Sports Radio 929 the game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg. That's the show. Mr. Crenshaw's not here today. He'll be back next week. Eric Slaughter's been in, filling in admirably all week long, or all weekend long. We got three days next weekend, baby. Yeah, we do. That's all right. We'll see. This ain't heavy lifting. <laughs> it, could you be, know. it could be harder work, right? It ain't, it ain't heavy lifting, so we'll be all right. We'll be all right, you know. And nobody will be listening anyway, so we can say all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm. There'll be a lot of people on the road. We'll have more <laughs> listens than you thought. No, yeah, I, I done. Oh, you know what? Good 
morning, Georgia. We didn't. Good morning. Good yeah, morning. Yeah, and, yeah. A, and a special good morning to you fine folks in the North Druid Hills area. Oh, I can throw this piece of paper from here to North Druid Hills. I used to live over there. Yeah. You used to live you over could, there. You could... It'd be a long walk, but you could have walked. Did you ever go to Fuzzies over there, which turned into Zuffies, Zuppies or something? Fuzzies. No. What is a Fuzzies? No, Fuzzies was a was a club. Oh, bar. Really? It was like when you got off of eighty five at North Jewett Hills. Yep. Let's say you were going north, then you'd go left back over the expressway, and okay. before you hit Buford Highway, right. on your left hand side, a club that had been there forever. It fuzzies. was called Fuzzies. Okay. Right? I don't know S-M-R-B. about Fuzzies, but if you now if you turned right when you got. To, to Buford Highway. Buford Highway. I know that club. <laughs> no, you don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. You just showed yourself there. Yeah. All right. Fuzzies closed uh-huh. and went down the street okay. and around the corner to where what used to be like a Denny's or something like that, right there on the corner uh-huh. on Buford Highway. You're uh-huh. talking about something that's a little off Buford yeah, Highway. I sure On is. corporate drive. Yeah. Um, and they what they did was when they reopened, they just sort of turned the name inside out. Mm-hmm. So instead of Fuzzies, it was like, Zuffies or something, mm-hmm. and you know, I played blues and you know, you, nice music. You want to know how I learned about the other place? <sighs> well, I'm, you're I'm a, bring, you're I'm a man, bring, yeah. and you're you're, you're nope. a red blooded male, so nope. that's how you nope. found out about it. Nope. Do you, do you, but do you know several places of that type of establishment? You're talking about, yeah, you're talking about shoe modeling establishments. Shoe Go ahead, it's you, a Sunday morning, so yeah, you brought this but, up. But you know, with a, a ticket stub from a sporting event, yeah, gives you um, either free or reduced admission. I mean, yeah, it's oh, a Sunday. I mean, so it's a lot of football Sundays you found out. where you take your football ticket stub and go have some entertainment. Before I was married, mm-hmm. um, um, Tracy would come over with, you know, her kids from time to time. Okay. Individually or by themselves. And yeah. um, her son, my stepson, mm-hmm. was probably early teenage years. Even I would even say less than that. He wasn't even a teenager at that point. But anyway, he was over there, and I lived on Buford Highway. And I had, pa- I had, a, had a, uh, a balcony that looked onto Buford Highway, mm-hmm. but it also looked onto the property behind some of the businesses there. And he was over one time when they changed the shift really? over at that location. Mm. And the day shift was getting off, and the night shift all came out and was standing on some kind of balcony waiting to go inside. And he stood on my balcony and went, with Not his mouth open. With his mouth open like all boys do when they get to those that certain age and they start discovering <laughs> girls, and it was really kind of funny. It really was. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, ninety-two nine the game, ninety-two nine the game. You and Sam have never had this conversation. Oh uh, well, no, not you went down this. Road. Normally, it's me getting in trouble, right? But you did this this time on this twenty-sixth day of June. Uh, Nick Kale is coming up later on this hour. One of the people that I didn't mention uh, celebrating a birthday to Eric Gotti. Did a show for him. Remember Tails. Okay. I was in Tails for a minute. Yeah. He is actually a regular at the Hawks games. And I used to bump into him all the time at the Hawks games and rode the VIP elevator with him a few times. Yeah, he man. Al- he always comes when those New York teams are in town. Shout out. Well, he's from there. Yeah, nice shout guy. Out, yeah. Shout out to uh, Herb. Also, you ready to feel old? Absolutely. Happy 48th birthday to Der- Derek Jeter. Really? Happy 48th birthday, mm. Derek Jeter. Remember? Happy 42nd birthday, Michael Vick. Happy 42nd birthday to Michael Vick today. Both them two dudes celebrating a birthday today. June 26th. Yeah. And happy birthday, Ariana Grande. 34, she's, 35? No, she's, 20, <laughs> she's 29 today. 
Nick Offerman, <laughs> Chris O'Dowell, and the guy who a lot of people love saying, shut down LeBron James, J.J. Barea. <laughs> the guy, and he did. You say what Mr. you will Dallas about that, serious. Yep. Shut down LeBron James. He'll take that to his grave. Is he a native of Puerto Rico? I or? believe so, but I'm not yeah, sure. Okay. Not sure. Um, are you looking forward to watching Wimbledon as it gets ready to start? We had Karen Pastena on earlier from Tennis. I, I get into it when they get to the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the finals. Do you think you will be seeing a Williams there this time around? I absolutely do. You do? Absolutely, I do. Okay. It's going to be a story if she makes it to the quarters. Yes. And if she makes it to the semis, it's really a story. But given the young talent out there right now, it's like, do you see Tiger, if he when he comes back, he'll be able to probably play the Open, British Open, if you will. Um, but we've seen the young guns out there. And it's real hard to win a major. Period. I mean, he'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. It's real hard, and especially what he's going through. And you just kind of figure that as much as we would like to see him do it, we know he can do it. Mm-hmm. There's the, what's next is showing why they're what's next. And these, these young players, whether it's tennis we're talking about or golf, they ain't, they're not stepping aside just because you got a big name. I still think her game, you know, if, if she has the conditioning, because we, we don't know what kind of condition she's in. But her game, her power game, and her volley game will get her to at least the final wave, not the final four. Now, here's another thing I want to ask you about. And I'm surprised that I forgot to ask this to Terrell. Mm -hmm. Lakers just got themselves a new coach. Okay. While that was going on, there was speculation about a name out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about Doc leaving Philly. And then that name kind of went away. But it's funny, that name was real prominent toward the end of the college basketball season, too. My question to you is, does Jay Wright end up on a pro team soon? I do not believe he does. I don't see why Jay Wright would want to put his legacy through that up and down. He, he's, you know, is he in the top ten of college coaches of all time? Probably. And it won't go away if he goes to the pros and fails. Because he's done everything he can do on the college level. But why do it? Because he's why? competitive. Because the guys who do that are very competitive and they get bored sitting at home. How many coaches have we seen? They keep coming yeah. back. Take, they... take those fancy suits to one of those major networks that will pay him handsomely to does wear those Does he have that kind of personality? Suits. Absolutely does. Okay, see, I've Absolutely only heard a couple he interviews with him, and yes. I don't know how. Yes, and, and all those fancy suits that he, because he's a sharp dude. I well, give him, that I, I give do cre- know. I give credit where credit is due. Right. He's a sharp dude. Uh, sit sit there on the camera and get paid to give analysis. See now, I I don't I don't I don't see what's so attractive about that. Okay, now I, I well, what is it? I mean, if he's in the studio and he flies to New York or 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 or, or Connecticut for Phil, for and Phil, does he it, can take the train. Okay, whatever. Is. But where, if, if he goes to a studio, that's one thing. But now, if you're going to live in a hotel during mm-hmm. a college basketball season, right. you might as well be out there recruiting and build your okay. own team. All right, so then I'll say this. Okay. Before I see him on the NBA sideline, I see him at another college campus, and I can give you my prediction. It's only about four blocks from here. That's oh, you see him ending up at Tech? I, I could see him doing that, yes, because there was rumors back before he won his first national title at Villanova that Tech was hot on him back then. If Tech does not have a major season in 22-23, they're going to be on the market for a new coach. I can see that happening before I see him taking a I have a, a question. Pro job. I have a I have an honest question for you. Go ahead. Given with two rings in his pocket mm-hmm. from a school, from a top school 
in, in, in college basketball, is it a slam dunk to say that Georgia's Tech is a step up, a step to the side, or a step below where he was? Um, I would say it's a step up in competition. Really? The okay. ACC? They ain't saying about the ACC. I'm talking about the school. And the ACC is what past Duke? North Carolina. Okay. Florida State. Florida, Florida State's doing great things in basketball. Again. Syracuse. Again. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll acquiesce to your point. But my thing is to this school, and I got no problems with it. I'm just asking because the conversation is going to go. How many times have we seen somebody who has left a program, an established program, short of being fired? And we know he didn't get fired. Nope. Okay, he's, He doesn't have to build his way back up. He's not doing a Rick Patino thing. I, I think it's a step up, but I'm not sure that everybody else talks about Georgia Tech that way. So far removed from the glory years. It, it would be a step up. It would be a step All up right. in facilities. It would be a step up in, some people would say, in recruitment territory, but definitely in marquee. Is this up. the time you want to come to the ACC with Coach K being out the door? Absolutely. That's, that's another great point, yes. Roy gone the year before that, Coach K gone, the ACC is up for grabs. Yeah, but you can't take a look at Huber stepped in there and made North Carolina. The, the relevance or the lack thereof lasted about a minute and a half with North Carolina because he's he got he them caught, back. He, but he caught lightning in a bottle. He can caught lightning, again? and he can, can run he can run that for a while. He can run that. We don't know what's going to happen with Duke. We All right, and we you don't. don't know you don't want to be the guy who follows the guy. We always say that, right? But then there are exceptions to that rule. Yeah, there you go. What did he? How did he leave the cupboards, Coach K? Uh, full, prosperous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I, I don't know, but I was, I was thinking about Jay Wright the other day and wondered, how come we ain't heard much more from this dude? Or is he just going to wait, you know, sit back a year or so and, and see what happens? Well, I mean, contract-wise, he probably would have to, unless he went to the pros. Pros is something different, but as far as another college job, he probably would have to sit out for a while and then work that situation out. So, All right, I mentioned we got Nick Kale coming up here. I want to hit this um, – Juanette's thing. One more time before we leave. This is something that Sam and I started, and we have been uh, letting you guys know about job opportunities that are there for first, you know, first responders. Now I'm talking about just restaurants and clubs and bars and all that. While they absolutely need, and of course the healthcare situation, we've talked about that. They all need bodies. They all need qualified people. So we have decided to take upon ourselves every show that we're going to give you sort of a lead. And it, last week it was the fire department up in Paulding County. This week it's the FAA. And want to remind you, the FAA is hiring air traffic controllers. Now, you have until tomorrow. It's been going on all weekend long to submit your application. You have until tomorrow. 18 to 30-year-olds, and you want to go to www. I'm, I'm, instead of giving you the whole thing, I'll just make it easy on you. www.faa.gov. All right, you can finish this off by backslash B-E, you know, B-slash-A-T-C. I don't know what that means. I'm sure it stands for something. They didn't give me that, though. <laughs> but www.faa.gov, they're looking for air traffic controllers. And when I tell you that the salary is six digits, it's a real six digits. So good luck to you guys. Mr. Crenshaw and I will be back together next week. Eric, great job this weekend. Thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. I'll be here too. Yeah, I know that, but you'll be, you'll be doing your regular job there next week. Um Listen, Nick Kale is up next. You guys, thank you for being making us a part of your Sunday morning and Saturday morning. I didn't say that yesterday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Sam and Greg. I'm Greg. That's Eric. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 92.9 The Game. 
Facebook.com and take us with you on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 